how nervous were you when you got the ball for the first time? I got to say one thing. Like, I was in, in the fall league with Ronald Acuna Jr. Uh, so I am a friend. He's a friend of mine. He was okay. in center field when I was walking out to 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 the mound the first time. He said he yelled to me like 10 times, like wishing me best luck. We yelled me a lot. And I don't even hear it. And he was, <laughs> he was like this far from me. I don't even, from, I don't even hear it. <laughs> you didn't hear it because you were so focused. Yes, so focused and so nervous. Hey, everybody, and welcome to episode number two hundred six of the Chris Rose Rotation, a production of John Boy Media. And I am super excited for today's journey. We are joined by Seattle Mariners. I guess I call him co-closer, Andres Munoz is. Co-close? I mean, is that a real term here that we're going with, buddy? I don't know. I don't know. He's, uh, I don't consider me anything. Just, I just go there and throw whenever they need me. That's it. So, yeah, so they call you, whether it's the seventh, eighth, ninth inning, we're good enough. It doesn't matter, right? Yes, for me, I'm just thinking and go there. Uh, doesn't matter what inning and try to get the outs. And that's it. Like, I don't think what any of this. Seems simple enough. Seems simple enough. All right, I got a lot to talk to you about because I love your journey. There aren't a ton of uh, ballplayers from Mexico that are currently in the big, so I really want to cover that part of the journey and everything. But you know what? Let's start at the back end of the bullpen. Why not? You have to be honest with me. Are getting those last three outs different than when you come in in the seventh inning or the eighth inning? For sure. It's a lot different uh and i don't know why like more pressure more like the last three outs for some reason uh it's more pressure on but for sure it's different okay so like take me through last night um you know a few nights ago it was brash's turn last night it was your turn it was a two nothing game against a division rival in houston the defending world series champs give up a couple knocks Take us through the mindset. Do you have to kind of take some paces off of the mound and take some breaths and just calm yourself? Is that how you do it? Yes. Yes. Especially uh, after my last couple outings, I've been having that problem of like, I I was throwing good. I was throwing good pitches. Uh, obviously, I wasn't ahead in the count and in a lot of situations, but uh the important thing for me was to keep attacking the zone. Like, uh, and, and those are things that I've been learning in the in a couple outings before. Because uh, my last three games, uh, it's been like that. Like, uh, I get a ground ball, uh, another ground ball. Uh, we can make the play. And I start to uh, accelerate myself and think too much, uh, start to breathe too hard. I didn't relax. I didn't uh, have a clear mind. So as soon as that happened, everything started to like, hit. I get, I leave pitches in the middle. And after uh, yesterday, I feel that was more of, doesn't matter what is happening over there. You have to stay calm and keep doing your thing. Don't distract, don't get those distractions because we don't make a play or or something like that. So when you're able to save a game, 
like you did last night and you get that third out, is there more excitement? Is it a relief? What is the feeling that you have afterward? In both both things that you say, like you get excited. Relief, because uh, you're in a in a really hard situation, and you are a hit away from the game change everything. So you have a lot of pressure, and as soon as you see the tear out, it's like uh, I get it. I uh, I won this time, <laughs> but. You know, it's it's really hard. It's really hard, especially like. Uh, but the good thing is, like for me, I I think they've been preparing me for that moment a while ago. Since 2019, I was a setup guy. Uh, after the injury, 2022, I was a setup guy. So um, and in and in some situations, they prepare me for that nine inning and other things. Because I know some people say it's the same thing, but it's it's not the same thing. It's completely different. No, there's no way it can be the same thing because people forget, like, you've been around. We've heard your name for so long that you're 24, right? Yes. Okay, so you're still kind of a baby in this sport. Um, and then there's times where you walk off the mound a loser and the game ends because of something that happened while you're on the mound. How do you deal with that? Do you like it when teammates come up to you or do you share that experience with somebody special in your life or do you internalize it? Uh the the first thing is like I get obviously mad because I didn't can get the job done. Uh I've been through that of lose a game or something like a lot of times. Uh the important thing here is I, I, I get out uh my teammates for me. Uh I gotta go I I, I have a lot of good teammates in, in, in this team, so they Came to me, talked to me, uh, tried me, tried to get me feel better. Uh, I get out of baseball, and my wife is there to to do the same thing. My brothers, I, I have a, like a all like very, what group. Yes. Mm-hmm. So my family is like they help me with the scouting reports. The or they 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 help me with the scouting reports. They help me with the mechanic things like even even with the coaches like they 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 help me in that too right the, the coaches and my family too so after something bad happened they study of what i did wrong or what what happened so that gave me a lot of confidence in go there the next day and know what i did wrong or what i what happened so uh, and that they they give me answer or opinions on on how I do this better or or, or those or those things. More of the show coming your way, but first, I want to tell you a little bit about Launchpad. It is a reinvented baseball thumb guard. It's designed for fit, feel, and performance. And here's the thing: unlike other thumb guards, Launchpad is asymmetrical, hand specific as well. It's kind of like your glove or your shoe for the best possible fit. And there's left and right-handed models as well. Now, Launchpad has a unique bat-shaped channel. It gives an extra low-profile shape, kind of a natural rocking motion in your hand. And also, plenty of protection against shock from that pitch that misses your barrel. You know how you get jammed a little bit? You're like, dang! Well, that's going to be calmed down thanks to our friends at Launchpad. 
the channel has a central pivot point. It rocks and cradles your bat, kind of mimicking the way that your bat moves and feels when you aren't wearing a thumb guard. It is shaped to fit both the bat and your hand with a flush fit, and it creates stability in your grip, kind of protects your hand, optimizes performance as well. As a result, you're able to make more direct connection with your bat to eliminate slack in your swing. Ultimately, when you fire your hands, your bat will launch immediately with maximum acceleration and force. So if you don't believe me, head on over to their website. It is www.launchpadthumbguard.com. You're going to learn more. Try one for yourself. I guarantee you, you'll have a better feel and better results. That's great. I love that. I want to get to the support of your family in just a second. But I'm curious, like, which teammates do you rely on? Like, which veterans are there to help you get through some of those times? Eugenio Suarez. Luis Castillo, Don uh, Murphy, those guys is, are the ones who helped me a lot. JP Crawford, like those people are the ones who came to me, talked to me a lot, and helped me with with everything that they can. Especially Luis Castillo, that is he's a pitcher, and in these last couple outings, uh, he was the one who trying to help me, try to make me like know or make me recognize what I did wrong. All right. So you're um you're originally from Mexico and give me the yes. city you're from again, please. Los Mochis. When did you first dream about being in the majors? I was in baseball since I was four years old. So uh, obviously, we never think about this. Like uh, we just enjoy the game, play whenever we have to play. Uh, but probably was when I was around 12, 13 years old, uh, when I start to uh, see videos, uh, watch the MLB and all that things, and that was when I, when I had that dream of one day I can be there. Were there guys in particular that you paid close attention to? Um, because there's been a handful of pitchers that have been from Mexico and had some success. So were there guys that you thought about that were your baseball heroes? Oh, yes, for sure. I, probably, I would say Joaquin Soria. Oh, great. Oliver one. Perez. Uh, it's a lot of guys. It's a lot of, it's a lot of big names in there. Obviously, Fernando Valenzuela one of one of the best and 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 we can continue with the names and 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 it's it's really good to see all those people over there and see how they put the mexican flag in front of them to put the name of the of mexico in in the top so i, I feel i feel that is really awesome to see that well you know, I know you guys had a big um, retirement party for King Felix last weekend, but at the same time, the Dodgers retired Fernando Valenzuela's number 34. And I don't know if you saw that. I mean, you're only 24 years old, but I grew up through Fernando mania. And I don't know how big, you know, if the stories got told down to you, but when he was pitching as a rookie in 1981, he captivated not only Los Angeles, which has a huge Mexican American population, but the entire world, I mean, he changed baseball for the better throughout this entire country. How much do you know about Fernando? I, I want to be really honest. Like, I I didn't 
I didn't know too much about that. I have to watch videos, watch, watch a lot of things to to see what what, what he was able to do. Uh, because I, I didn't, when that happened, I don't know. ¿Qué año fue ese? I, I don't even born when that no, happened. Now, now so, you, hey, listen, Andres, you weren't even close to being born. You know, <laughs> I was a little kid when that happened. So uh, I have to see a lot of things for, for to see that and, and to learn about him. And as soon as I learn about what he did, I, I feel I feel really proud for for uh, and if you think about it, he opened a lot of doors for a Latin player, for Mexican players. So we 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 are so thankful for 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 what he did, open that gate of Mexicans in the big leagues. Certainly did. I mean, he was great. He was so much fun to watch. And by the way, he was a bad man at the plate. That dude could hit too. He oh, could really? hit for, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm just telling you, like, he wouldn't have been an easy out. If you had faced him, you were throwing your nasty sliders and your 100 mile an hour heater against him. That's no, he wasn't just a pitcher up there. He could hit. I'm telling you. Right. Yeah. No, that's good to know. Yeah. <laughs> I went to watch more videos about that. Yeah. Go watch him. Go watch him. Um, so when you were little, I always find this fascinating when I talk to big leaguers to find out how good they were at an early age. Were you like the best kid when you were a 12 year old? Oh no. No. Uh you're talking about playing? Yeah. Well, you weren't the best on your team or in your league. Uh, at probably at nine, ten, eleven, I was the best. Uh at twelve when they when you say that age, I, I remember that I was well, that was the age when I didn't find uh when I have uh, doubt, doubts huh? of what I'm going to do with this, like I'm going to continue to play baseball, I'm going to study, because we have to decide if we're going to study or we're going to play baseball. So, uh, but as soon as I decide to go and play baseball 100%, uh, was when I started to see like, okay, I am good for this. Um, and, and, and I was the best on the team. When I was 13, uh, 14, and that was when I signed in Mexico. So uh, that was really good to see. Like when you put something 100%, uh, you got a lot better. A lot better. Okay, so explain this to me. You said you could choose between baseball or or hitting the books, studying. Yes. So are you you're, saying? You're, that... Okay. I, I don't know. I don't know how they do it right now. Okay. When I was in there, uh, we we have to choose between go and study or go to play baseball, uh, because we some people say that we can do that. We we was we were but we, but we don't have time for that. Like we have to go in an academy. In I was in Oaxaca. I studied in Oaxaca for a little bit when I was fifteen. Uh, but after they sent me to Monterrey, that is another uh, academy where you are not able to study. So that is when you have to decide of, okay, I'm going to be a baseball player 100%. And that happened in the most, uh, not just in Mexico, in, in, in all the Latin countries. So we have to decide of go 100% in baseball. And that is when you realize that, okay, I am good for this. Like when I put my 100% in baseball, I'm good. 
So like you're 15 years old and you know, you're going to be on the baseball track, correct? Yes. Yes. Is, was that a little scary for you? Because you're 15. Little kid. Yes. Yes. It was scary, especially the first time that I had to leave home, uh, 15. Uh, when I signed in Mexico, I had to go 20 hours in bus for, uh, for go to Oaxaca. So we stayed there. It was the first time that I didn't sleep with in my home, in my with my family. So it was hard for me. And and like it's hard for everybody there. Like you have to sacrifice for get a forget this, forget something like this. So when you're 15, you go away and it's like a baseball factory, right? That's all you're doing is baseball. Yes. Um, were there, were there nights where you were scared or sad or wanted to go home? Yes, for sure. Yes. Like you can ask where well, a Mexican player and he's going to tell you the same thing. Like the first night that I was there, the first couple nights or the first week is in the night we cry because we, we are 15, 14, 15 years old. Like, uh, and we miss home and all the things. We miss um, our mom's cooking uh, the food. So obviously it's hard, but it's like we say, everybody has to sacrifice to get uh, what you want. Wow. Did you almost go home? Yes. Was well, one time, even my mom told me about that because uh, when, then, when they sent me to Monterey, uh, the weather is really different. So Oaxaca is hot, and Monterrey uh, at one point in the in, in December and all that on, on all the date, dates uh, is a different weather. So I was in a really hot place, and they sent me to a cold place. So I didn't have uh, jackets. So my mom was like crazy because they sent me to Monterrey and I didn't have jackets or anything. So she told that I'm going to get uh, sick. So she drive all the way from Los Mochis to Monterrey in in a car just to get me jackets. Uh, so that, that was one of the most, the, the thing that I more remember is like all the sacrifice that not just me, my family have to do for I am here right now. So that that is that is a lot of things that I remember. And it's like, okay, it's, we make a lot of sacrifice to be here. How how long a drive was that for your mom? Sixteen hours, right? She drove sixteen hours to give you a jacket. Yes, a lot of jackets, not just one. Your mama loves you. Yes. Oh my gosh, that's enough to make me cry, man. <laughs> I love yeah, like, that. Yes. I love that. More of the program coming your way, but first, let's talk a little bit about your phone. You've got a gazillion subscriptions on there. A bunch you probably don't even know. You probably ordered a year ago. It's showing up on your credit card bill. You haven't paid attention, and you certainly don't use it, right? Because they've got subscriptions for everything. You can't possibly keep tabs. That's why I am such a huge fan of Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app 
lets you find and cancel your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, helps you lower your bills all in one place. This is a big time deal because with Rocket Money, you can easily cancel the subscriptions you don't want just with the press of a button. There's no more long lines, no more hold times, no more annoying emails with customer service waiting back and forth. Did they see my email? Are they going to help me out? Rocket Money does all the hard work for you. Rocket Money also lets you monitor all your expenses in one place. It actually comes up with budgets based on your past spending. We'll even send you notifications when you've reached your spending limits. Imagine that. You got something that tells you, yo, Rose, slow down. You're going over budget here. And God knows I need that help. With over 3 million users and counting, Rocket Money customers have saved an average of 720 bucks a year. So you can have a choice. Do you want $720 or do you not want $720? I want the $720. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions. Manage your money the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash rose. That is rocketmoney.com slash rose. You'll thank me. How did the San Diego Padres find you? So I was in the place that I told you, Monterrey is where uh, is an academy with all the Mexican teams have their prospects. So in that place, they can go and the scouts of the U.S. can go there and scout. And uh, at that time, I was throwing good. So I, I was already throwing hard. So the scouts saw me and I will have a showcase and we have a showcase. We go back to Oaxaca. We have a showcase there. They send me back to Monterrey. We have another showcase, and that was when they signed me. And when they signed you, I mean, you're going, oh, my God, I just got signed by a big league team. Do you remember telling your parents? And if so, what did they say? They I, they cried. They cried because uh, all the – I know I know I'm going to repeat this a lot, but all the sacrifice that they did, and I did too, like working, worth it, worth it, worth it. So uh, that was really good to see that, like everybody happy, everybody crying for that, for that in that moment. So it was really good to me and 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 to all my family. That's great. How old were you? Sixteen. Sixteen. Okay, so you sign. You had already moved from home to another place in Mexico. That's one thing. But now you're going to be moving to the United States. And that is a totally different thing. Had you ever been to the United States before? I actually, I went one time in a before when I was 14, I think, in a tournament that we have in Fresno, Fresno California. Oh, in Fresno. And we okay. have the opportunity to go to a game, to the baseball win in San Diego, the Petco Park. I remember being in the third deck in the in the last seat over there seeing the game. And years later, I was signing by that team. So that is really cool. Do you remember uh, who you saw the Padres play that day? Era. ¿Cómo se llama el segundo base chiquito? De los padres. I don't remember right now. Yeah. But we have Morrow, the pitcher. Oh, yeah, Brandon Morrow. Yes, I remember him. Uh, 
I don't remember more people. I remember a small second base that was Aswaje. Aswaje, hmm. I think, was his last name. Okay. All right. How but, cool. Yes, I remember so I love that. So you end up, I mean, this is amazing. You end up being in the third deck of Petco. Then you sign with that team, and eventually you end up pitching against the Padres. I saw that earlier this year, which is, <laughs> which was great. So you you come to the United States. Where's the first place you end up being when they put you, whether it was rookie ball or something else? Where did you go first? Oh, rookie. Yeah, I went to the rookie league. Uh, I been there for half of the season, but that was a year later when I was seventeen. Oh, okay. Uh, because the first the first uh, I signed at 16 in July, something July 2. And they sent me to Dominican Republic for two months. And after that, uh, next year, I went to to the Rookie League. Okay. I threw half of the year there and I hurt. Uh, it stopped me to throw and use rehabbing and all that things and wait for the next year. Okay, so where did you? Where was rookie league for you in the beginning? Where, where in the United States did you go? Arizona. Okay. And how much of adjust of an adjustment was that? Just living. Uh, uh, it's a completely different for me. I feel it's a completely different life. Like the this the lifestyle that we normally have is very different to the lifestyle that they have here. There, there here is more like. I don't know, it's like very repetitive. Repetitive. Like huh? every day the same thing. So uh that was a little bore for me at, at when I start, but uh, as soon as I start to get more used to that, the time was faster. So uh I didn't have too too much time to think about it. So that was really so good. Once again, you're 17 at this time when you're living in Arizona, right? Once again, did you kind of go through the similar feelings that you had when you first moved away from home to the other uh, baseball camp in, in Mexico? Like, were there feelings of sadness or were you, because you were a little older, you could deal with it more? Uh, I would say the second thing, that, uh, because I was a little older, I was able to control that a little bit more. but. At the same time, it's still very hard because now it's not the uh, the family can't come to see me. Right. The obviously the first year because they they didn't they didn't have a visa at first, so they wasn't able to see me. After when they uh, applied for the visa, was when they start to go to see me a, a little bit. Uh, but yes, it was hard because it was a barrier. What was a uh, una barrera, bar a, a barrier, a wall mm -hmm. between my family and and me. Yeah, that's tough. I understand that. Where else in your minor league journey did you live? Uh, in Tri Cities, and uh, Washington, Tri Cities, Washington. Oh wow! In, in short season. I live in San Antonio and Double A, Amarillo, Texas, too. 
El paso. And that's it. Okay, Tri-Cities. Now that's different from where you live. Like San Antonio, there's still, you know, a good Latin culture there, mm -hmm. right? In Arizona, same sort of thing. Tri-Cities, that's different. That yes. is way different culturally for you. Mm -hmm. And how how was that? How was that adjustment for you? Mm. Was it difficult? Was difficult, but at the same time, I don't think too much about it. I don't I don't put too much attention of. Uh, obviously, the food was a big thing for me because I used to eat a lot of uh, tacos. Whatever they put me in Mexico, I, I eat it. So uh was really tough to don't see that and how that was going to affect me in my because obviously my my the alimentation is really important here so as soon as you start to change some things is affect you affect you because you you are your body is not used to do that uh but yes i i, I feel that i manage 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 it really good about uh how i eat how I uh, try to learn the language because right now, right now I am a little bit uh, hard. I am a little bit more uh, fluid when I am talking, mm -hmm. but still, still, I still have to learn a lot. So, uh, but the English was really hard to to learn. Well. I've always heard that English is one of the toughest languages to learn. By the way, your English is fantastic. I mean, it is. You can tell that it's something you've really worked hard at. When did you start um, wanting to perfect your English? At what age? Uh, I, I would I would be honest, like three years ago was when I start to talk a little bit more uh, to. Uh, start to have confidence to talk with people, to have conversations. Because I've been studying a lot because we have English class. Uh, we have a lot of things. We went to a school here uh, to learn, but I don't. I, I didn't have the confidence to talk with other people. I knew some, I understand it, and I knew some English, but I didn't have that confidence to talk with people. And as soon as you start to think in Spanish and you translate, to talk in English, that is the hard part. Stop thinking. Uh, stop. Stop thinking about Spanish. Translate it, and after talking English, that is the hard part. You have to. Like for me, it was to think in English. Right now, it's really hard because I just wake up, but normally it's more fluid. <laughs> You're doing great. Are you kidding me? You're doing. <laughs> Unbelievable. Today's episode of the Chris Rose Rotation presented by these guys over at Shady Rays. I want you to take on the sun with gear that is built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered with premium polarized shades at a very affordable price. And there's a brand new offer. Right now, you get 30% off the custom Jimmy and Jake collab shades with the code JM30. Did you hear me? It's the code JM30. You know, Shady Rays offers a world-class product just as good as any expensive pair ever worn. They got these durable frames, extremely clear optics. You look like money, by the way. That's not all. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection in the history of eyewear. Every pair of these bad boys is backed by lost and broken replacements, which means that on day one of purchase, 
And every day after that, you're protected. If you lose them, they fall in the ocean, go away. You sit on them in your car, doesn't matter. You don't have to come with some sob story. You just say, hey, listen, I lost or I broke my shades. They're going to send you a new pair. Address is on file. You can be confident wearing these all year round. And exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is giving out one of the best deals of the season. Head on over to ShadyRays.com. Use that code word ROSE, 50% off two-plus pair of polarized shades. And you get 30% off the limited edition Jimmy and Jake collab shades with the code JM30. I just saw them at the last floorball tournament. Both pair of shades are the chef's kiss. So we'll see you on over at ShadyRays.com. I imagine it has opened up your world a lot, too, yes. right? Yes, uh, be able to have a conversation with the coaches, to have a real conversation with all the people, with the managers, with the coaches, with the people who helped me here, was really important for me. Because uh, wait uh, wait until somebody translates that for you, it's not the same thing from learn, from hear it from your coaches. Like that, that is a big difference because they, they're not going to translate the same thing. Like it's going to be something different or something that they miss, maybe, uh, and and you don't understand the complete thing. Uh, and that is a that is really good to be able to understand it and to okay, this is what he say, and that's it. It's no more in the, it's not less than that. That's great. It's one of I'll be honest with you. I've been around this game for three decades. Okay, I've covered it a long time. My number one regret is that I did not pay attention in Spanish class. <laughs> I'm serious. I mean, I'm going to we can laugh about it. It's my number one regret because I wish I could communicate with guys who have come over here, whether it's from the Dominican or from Venezuela or from Mexico, because I want to be able to make them feel comfortable and communicate with them. I mean, I really, I tell young people that want to do what I do. If you want to get into baseball, learn Spanish. It's important. Mas importante. <laughs> right? Yes. Yes, you're right. Like, And and, and that happened to me, too. Uh, I didn't put real attention in the English, because we have an English class in Mexico when in mm -hmm. the school that I went. And I didn't put attention on it. And I regret that, too. Because if I put attention in the in in the English, I I didn't have so many problems here because I don't understand the language. Mm -hmm. Even go to Chipotle and eat something was really hard. Uh, you have to do it with the fingers, like this, this, and this, and and be doesn't be able to do that to speak for order your food was a little bit frustrating. So that was when I started to put more attention, go to English class, uh, try to talk with all the players to learn from them and and tell them to, okay, if I say something wrong, correct me, please. And tell me how they say. That is how I learned talking. Yeah. I, I remember having a, a discussion with Carlos Carrasco of the Mets. I think Carlos is from Venezuela. And when he was um, young, he was really young when he came over here, like 16 and very shy. He went and ordered the same food 50 days in a row. I forget if it was pizza or McDonald's or whatever, because he felt like that was the only thing he could order was like numero uno, 
meal, mm -hmm. whatever it was. And I can just imagine how lonely and isolating that must feel, right? If you don't, if you're not comfortable, like we for, I think we forget as Americans how challenging it can be from for people who aren't from this country, who are teenagers when they get here. It would be hard if I if you had dropped seventeen year old Chris Rose off in Mexico, mm -hmm. and be like, okay, go learn. That is not easy, dude. I know it's not easy, uh, uh, but it's part of the sacrifice that we have to do for get in our dream, like to get the dream that we want. And even now that you say that, I did that too. I order uh, the same thing because it's the easiest. It's, a, it's the easiest thing to say, oh, combo number one, or that, and that's it. You don't have to say more. What you want? What you want to drink? A coke, and that's it. And 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 we, uh, it's not just with me. It's not just with him. With a lot of players, the same thing happened. The same thing, and and it's it's really hard to. Some people doesn't understand how hard it is for us. I'm saying easiest for us, for everybody. For everybody, it's hard to be here. And and everybody has to make sacrifice to to get in that dream, but uh, I would say it's a little bit harder for for us for that language barrier that we have, and and but at some point we have to learn. We have to, uh, and and I, I I am thinking more in those people who make the sacrifice uh stay here for eight seven years in the minor leagues and they never get to the big mm. leagues that is really tough and i've been i know a lot of players who who are like that or who that happened to him to them and and it's really hard to see how they sacrifice and and they didn't get there to that dream like that is tough i love it that you have that perspective that's really, that's very kind. That's good hearted of you that you think about that because you did have success at a very early age. What, how old were you when you got called up? 20? 20. Yeah. Do you remember the day that they told you you were going to the big leagues? Yes. Okay. Yes, how did I was, that go? I, I was, I'm going to be really honest. I, I was mad that day because I, they, they were supposed to, they call, they call me, I was in AAA. They called me to AA because of the all-star break in AAA. So they don't want me to stop throwing. Mm -hmm. They say, you're going back three days to AA, you're going to be back to AAA. So that was the plan. And they sent me to AAA is three days, four days in AA, five days. And I was mad because, hey, you are, you told me that, that I'm going to go back to AAA. And I was mad with everybody. I understand it. But at the same time, was that they they lied to me? Like they, I don't I don't like that. Like if you told me something, like just oh, explain me why. And I was really mad. I get in the bus like six hours from Frisco. I don't remember. Oh, I we get to Frisco, and I was really uh, I was early. It was like seven a.m., six a.m. And they called me. It was when. Then they told me the reason of why they didn't send me back to AAA was because I was about to make the big leagues. And that was really cool, really uh, awesome experience. Uh, I, the first thing that I did is I just called my mom, uh, let her know 
they start to cry. I call my brothers. They start crying. I start crying again. So uh, it was a really cool moment, and and I'm never going to forget that. What do you remember about your first day in the big leagues? I just remember see everything like really big. I I get in the stadium. Everything starts to like it's a lot of difference between the minor leagues and the big leagues. Like this is awesome, and 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 was really cool to see that and to be able to enjoy that moment and enjoy it with my family. Like, how nervous were you when you got the ball for the first time? I I gotta say one thing. Like, I was in in the fall league with Ronald Acuna Jr. Uh, so I am a friend. He's a friend of mine. He was okay. in center field when I was walking out to 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 the mound the first time. He said he yelled to me like 10 times, like wishing me best luck. We yelled me a lot, and I don't even hear it. And he was <laughs> he was like this far from me. I don't even from, I don't even hear it. You didn't hear it because you were so focused? Yes. So focused and so nervous. Yeah, that's great. Have you faced him yet? Yes. Uh, I think 2019 was the next game was when I faced him. And how was it? I think it was a rumble. Yes, I almost hit him. I was so scared because I threw a fastball in. I didn't try to go that far, but something the ball just run that way. And I I remember throwing the pitch and I was like, I don't want to hit it. I don't want to hit him. He's my friend. But at the same time, and that is one thing that I learned from that. Like you have a lot of friends, you have a lot of people who know each other, but when it's game time, you don't have to think about he's your friend because he can he can hit it out of the ballpark and you're not going to say like oh he's I live in the middle because he's your friend no you're going to throw it as hard as you can doesn't matter who it is like and that that reminds me of, uh, when I talk about Rona Acuna did he look at you funny after you threw it close to him did he look at you like whoa what whoa no he used uh, I remember he did that. He did this. Oh, slow down. <laughs> so you did you did pitch against the Padres this year, didn't you? Yes. Yeah. Yes, I was like a month ago. Something yeah. like that. Got it. Got it. See, uh, was when I get back from the injury. Was uh, at, at the same time that I get back from the injury was with the Padres. Yeah. So that was my first outing. After the injury. Yeah. Well, listen, I know we have to wrap up pretty soon because you've got a bus to the ballpark. But I do mm -hmm. want to just ask you one more thing. You were on the mound recently when your manager, Scott Service, uh, there was a balk called on you against Baltimore. Pressure pack situation. You got a couple guys on base. It's a 2-2 game in the ninth inning. They call a questionable balk on you. I still don't see it. But Service comes out here. 
Did you know that he was going to blow his fuse at that point? No, I didn't know. I thought maybe he was going to ask for what happened. Uh, or he just going to they give him an explanation because I don't, like, that was the thing. Like, I don't even see where I did the work. I know I did a little bit quicker, right? But I still did this. So, was a little bit like weird to see like what I did. Uh, but the way that he defend what he thinks was really good. Like, give me that like fight for me or for what I did or for the game was really cool to see too because we know that okay he he going to defend us like right away that was a good thing about see that got it got it hey listen I I could talk to you all day you are great you have great energy I love everything about you I'm a big fan of yours you keep doing what you're doing and the Mariners have been on this incredible incredible run I hope that we can touch base again in the future because you are a, you're really really interesting dude and you, you are a rising star in this game so thank you for joining us today Andre thank you so much I really appreciate it tell all your teammates we say hello okay yes I'm going to <laughs> so thank for you our, our, for our outstanding producer Robbie Shiraco and Andres Munoz of the Seattle Mariners. I am Chris Rose. We will see you next time here on the Chris Rose Rotation, a production of John Boy Media.